Hello, Rafer. Hello, Kristen. Let's talk about some real-life stuff right now. Real-life experiences, okay. Yes, real-life experiences that have brought us to the point we're at today. Okay. I, wa- I want to ask you about what it's like to be an adult intern. Yes, I have been an adult intern. Uh, when I was uh, a younger man, I, I <laughs> You're was... You're still uh, so young, Rafer. Yeah, that's right. You're young at heart. Yeah. Um, I was an adult intern at the Buffalo News um, for a summer. I think... I turned 30 as the intern at the Buffalo News on their arts desk um, under Margaret Sullivan, who was the feature writer there and who is now the public editor for The Times. Wow. New York Times, yeah. Um, and she was wonderful to me, very good to me. Um, I owe her a great deal. And she let me be an intern at 29. Every, all the other interns were literally 20. They were 20. They were t- I remember one of my friends who was still a good friend, my friend Elisa Cohen. Hello, Elisa. She turned 21. <laughs> that, that summer. <laughs> uh, and so there I was, you know, losing my hair. Uh, <laughs> oh, shush you know, up. Oh. As the intern. But it was great. It was a great intern. And I will tell you, I think I made I made uh, the most of it. And I did better at that intern for having been a creaky 30 than I probably would have if I'd been a, a you know, bushy-tailed 21-year-old. So there you go. How about you? Have you been an adult intern? As a matter of fact, yes, I have. Why I does that not qu- surprise I me? I asked you the question as if I'd never done it myself, but I did. <laughs> of course did. you have. I was an intern in, gosh, how old was I? Maybe I was 34? Oh, that's even older than I yeah, was. Yeah, okay. I was older than you. I was an intern at an internet startup, not oh, called Google. Good. Not called Google. Okay. It was called YourTango.com, which is a online magazine. It used to be a print magazine that was turned into an online magazine that's all about celebrities and love. And that's oh. it. Celebrities, love, and sex. Oh, okay. And all I did all day was write blog posts about celebrities, love, and sex. Awesome. Top, top 10 ways to not be like Kim Kardashian in bed. <laughs> top 10 ways that, I mean, that's all I did all day. And um, and I kicked ass at that internship. Let I'll me just bet. say, because not only was I about 15 years older than everybody else there, including my own bosses, Rad. because they were really young, um, but I had such a an extremely strong work ethic, and I originally did it just because I wanted to learn all about online publishing. Yeah. I'd already done some TV, I'd done print, and... I realized I wanted to learn more about this world, but I didn't. I was too cheap to pay for a class. And then, I, <laughs> well. then I'm like, oh, you know what? I can become an intern, and then I don't have to pay for a class. They'll actually pay me. And were you paid at your internship? Uh, yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't paid a lot. I was paid like ten dollars a day or something like that. It was like really low. More but, of a stipend. Yeah, but then um, at the end of ten weeks, they offered me a job. Great. Yeah, so it all worked out for the best. Well, then you're the perfect person. To talk about the internship with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn playing two two over the hill, over 40 uh, interns who uh, apply to Google, get an internship, and they're competing like you did with WizKids uh, half, probably a third of their age. I would disagree. I would say not just me, you too. You and I are the perfect team to talk about this because we're old, (laughs) washed up interns. Yes, we are. But but first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday, and this is Movie Date. Oh, that internship. That Boy. internship. Both of us had them, and now Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn have an internship also. Let's listen to a clip of their new movie. 
This is how people do it now, Nikki. They have their interviews on the internet. I like it. I know child. Okay, here they are. And when I hit this, yeah, they'll be able to straight, see us. So straight, come on and get in here close so we can be seen in the webcam. See how small the webcam is? No, get you to cheat. Nick, come here. But don't crown me. We can see you guys. Okay, good. You got us? Hi, my name is Billy. We can hear you fine as well. Wow, they sound terrifically qualified to be interns, don't they? <laughs> well, yes. So, uh, so yes. This is this is Vince Vaughn plays Billy McMahon. Uh, Owen Wilson plays Nick Campbell. They are uh, out of work salesmen. They used to be watch salesmen, uh, uh, but their boss, John Goodman, folds the company on them one day and says, "Watches are obsolete, and so are you." And for proof, he holds up a cell phone. Uh, to show that nobody uses watches anymore. Everyone checks their cell phone, which is true. I um, I have not had a watch for years. My Swiss Army watch broke. And, uh, oh, they're never supposed to break. Well, yeah, and thanks, Swiss Army. Apparently, they stopped making the part that oh. I need. So, so much for that lifetime guarantee. <laughs> so much for family heirloom status on my Swiss Army watch. And so I never got a watch. Now I just have my freaking iPhone. Uh, but I miss watches. Mm. But uh, So Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are out of work. They decide to finagle an internship at Google. They do some smooth talking over the uh, webcam. Using that Skype there. Using yeah. that, <laughs> using, that, using their that Skype. That Skypey. They get on there and they, they go out to Mountain View, California. I don't think anyone ever says where it is, but I, presumably it's the Mountain View headquarters of Google. And uh, try to compete in various uh, competitions, sports. Uh, you, you got know. the Quidditch. You got the <laughs> yes. let's make an app. You exactly. got the sales. You got the customer service. Exactly. All that good stuff. And, yes. uh, you know, we'll, and of course, the ultimate prize for the winning team is jobs at Google. So let's uh, are you let's talk about first about Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Are you a fan of theirs? I am a super fan oh, of okay. the Wedding Crashers. Yeah. I loved the Wedding Crashers so much. And do you remember how it came out the same summer as Forty Year Old Virgin? And everyone was like, "Ooh, Forty Year Old Virgin is so good!" And it won yes. all those awards, and everyone loved it. And people were saying, "Oh, it's the summer of raunch comedy," but Forty Year Old Virgin is the good one. I disagree. I always thought Wedding Crashers was the good one. Oh, okay. I just loved. The Wedding Crashers. All right. I There are certain scenes I think about, and I just laugh. Just thinking, <laughs> just thinking about certain scenes. No, Seth, the painting is mine. You know where he gets that? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Well, th- this... This is this is so this is right this is right in your wheelhouse this movie. Uh, but no no no. Here's the problem. Vince Vaughn is frequently his shtick is frequently to be a little bit too confident and a little bit too stupid and a little bit too irritating, right? Hmm. Okay. And I, I feel that that's a shtick that. He lays on a little bit too thick in this movie. The first third of the movie, I really thought he was irritating. Oh, okay. And you, I know he's oh, supposed found... to be. Yeah, and I know he's supposed to be a fish out of water, but he's not just a fish out of water. He's like a bull in a china shop, and he's a well, black he's... sheep at the wedding. He's like a lot of other animal metaphors in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's supposed to be. I think they're both supposed to be. Although Owen Wilson, of course, plays the nicer, you know, the nicer, more charming, more sensitive guy. But I think they're both supposed to be people persons, right? They're the kind of guys who know how to schmooze and make you feel good. And they They're like... not about technology. They're about humans. No, right. Human about, to human. They're about pressing the flesh, right? <laughs> uh, and the, and, these, are, and this is, these are skills that, that the, young, the young kids of today don't have because they're all you know, texting and looking at their iPhones and you know, posting pictures of themselves on the line, as Vince Vaughn <laughs> repeatedly says. Um, it's funnier when you say it. <laughs> oh, funnier. Oh, good. well, gee, good. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the stick between the two of them is getting a little lazy in this film. I think the whole film 
the, my one problem with this movie is that the whole the whole movie feels a little bit lazy. It feels a little bit like a rush job, a little thrown together. I'm not. This is a thing that probably only people who watch a lot of movies know and or care about. But continuity, you know. So if, in other words, if you're if you've got two, a shot of two people sitting talking to each other, and you you can see that the one guy's elbow is up on the chair, and then when you reverse the shot, his elbow is down. Mm. I saw I saw a lot of that stuff. Most people don't really care about that that much, but that a lot of that stuff began to bug me after a while because there was so much of it, and it made the whole film feel very hastily put together. There's not a lot to this movie, as you were saying. It's There's fish out of water. No <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit. It's a little bit. It's. I was thinking of all the different movies. It reminds me of you know Ronnie Dangerfield, Back to School. <laughs> you know, it reminded me of of uh, Revenge of the Nerd of the Nurgles. You know, I, I, you can you can sort of go on and on and on, right? It's a little bit like Animal House. It's a little bit like The Bad News Bears. A little it's, bit like Legally Blonde. A uh, little bit like yes, Legally Blonde. That's another good one. Yeah, I mean, granted, you know, that's a genre, but um, not a lot, not a lot to this movie. Yeah, and when there's not a lot to it, you really want the characters to pop. You want there to be right. more heartwarming moments. You want there to be something that emotionally attaches you to it more because the plot's not going to do it. No, the, 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 <laughs> no, the, no that's the, true. The non-plot's kind of flimsy. It's, it's kind of like, if you watch a Disney Channel, you've seen this movie. Yeah, yeah. You, you've seen this movie many, many, many times. Yeah. That being said, is it a good date or a bad date, Rafer? I think it's a pretty mediocre date. I mean, I, I think I gave it two and a half stars out of four. I mean, it, it's it's as I was saying on the takeaway, there's not a lot of raunch and a lot and there's there's not a lot of vulgarity in it. There is some. There's a strip club scene. You get a little suggestive humor here and there, but it, it's it's low on the on the raunch factor, which I kind of appreciated. And it has essentially it has a, a good heart. It's basically saying that you know, and it comes at a good time, right? I mean, you know, still still chronic unemployment and a lot of technological changes happening, which I think makes people who are over, say, 35 or certainly 45 feel kind of fearful. You know, 45-year-old people are losing their their jobs out there. And this movie... But also millennials. And millennials. One one in four millennials, and they point that out in the movie. They do. One in four millennials have no job. Yeah, which was, I thought, a good good thing that the film did. Um, But the... And the movie basically is is coming together to say... the 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 whole plot comes together to say... We still need people. People, people still need people, <laughs> you know. And, it, and and those kinds of skills that 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 to be a people person and to enjoy and like and be with people is still always going to be something that we need in the world. That's a nice message to have, and it and it resonated with me. And ultimately, you know, I let it squeak by, even though the film was a little lazy. You, I, I did too. Yeah, I did. You yeah. know, I. I love this kind of movie. You know I like having my heart warmed up and yes, so you do. on. But I love that warm heart. But I also felt it was lazy. I felt at times that um, it, it was irritating, as I said. I felt at times it was pretty boring. But, mm, yeah. but all that being said, I liked it more than I didn't. Okay. All and, right. I, and I would say this is a perfectly adequate film if you are sick in bed on a rainy Sunday in your pajamas and it comes on TV just – it's totally fine for that. Sure, sure. So, oh, okay date. Mediocre date. Mediocre you're not date. mad that you went on it, but <laughs> <laughs> right. But you're not think you're not rushing back for a second time. Right. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. Well, um, let's uh let, let's talk about a movie that you got to see, but I missed this screening. It's for The Purge. We can enter any home we want. And we will want. Don't force us to hurt you. 
We don't want to kill our own. Please just let us purge. Yes, so that's uh, that's Ethan Hawke playing James Sandon. And the premise of this film is it takes place in 2022, not that long in the future, where all crime for one night each year, I think it's May 22nd, beginning at 7 p.m., all crime is legal, including murder. You can do anything you want. And why is that? What is going on with the world that for one day a year, we're allowed to all kill each other? Well, it's one of these interesting kind of sociological things. They just decided that if we could make this one night and have everyone just go buck wild for a night, that perhaps it would keep crime down for the rest of the year. It would weed out the undesirables. You know, people would go out there and try to kill other people, get themselves killed, and that this would be the the one kind of... uh, it's a national rumspringer, you know, for, 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 for everybody. You get out of your system once a year. Uh, there's, a, there's a great, there's a great uh, scene at the beginning when Ethan Hawke is driving his car down the street and it's, the purge is about to start and everyone's going home to lock up for the evening and the talk radio shows are on and they're saying, you know, Holly, line one, what are you going to do for the purge? And, you know, Holly says, oh, I'm just going to lock in and, you know, lock down and watch a movie and have some popcorn. And line two, what are you going to do? I'm going to kill my boss. <laughs> Uh, and it, it's pretty funny. <laughs> and I have to say, this film took me totally by surprise. I really liked it. It oh, was really, man. it's funny, it's angry, it's got a wicked sense of humor. Um, oh, the, I wish I'd seen it. It, it. I mean, it has some brilliant ideas in it. It doesn't always deliver. It doesn't always reach its ambitions. But its ambitions are pretty high. I mean, it's it's essentially painting a world in which... The wealthy and the upper middle class who can afford steel shuttered security systems can lock down in their homes and while everyone else, the poor, die around them. And I just kind of thought, well, that's what we're all doing now. You know, that's we're all turning a blind eye to violence amongst and against the poor right now, right? What's what's the difference? And there are some pretty subversive ideas in this film. Again, the directing's a little sloppy. It doesn't always work, but it, it more often than not, I appreciated it for its ideas, if nothing else. And I had a great time in it. I really liked it. Wow! I really want to see this now. I'm I'm hope I'm I... hoping that word of mouth could kind of could kind of salvage it because there's been zero marketing. The posters are awful. Oh, you they're have, terrible! I have... just thought it was a low budget horror yeah, movie. Yeah, right. And then I thought it was about bulimia. And then I thought it was. <laughs> I mean, I had no idea about what this movie was about. A and... binge. <laughs> No, yeah, no. Of course you don't. The posters tell you nothing. Uh, you know, it's it's been it's been you know kind of snuck under the radar. It's gotten no traction. But I feel like, you know, on this pretty thin this pretty thin weekend, if you're looking, if you're deciding between the internship and the purge, clearly two completely different movies. Uh, purge, far better movie. Wow. Far more entertaining. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, those are our wide releases. So. Yeah, and you saw one that, I, that I've been curious to see, but I have not seen. Yeah, this is a limited release right now. It's Joss Whedon's adaptation of Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. I wonder that you would still be talking, Signor Benedict. Nobody marks you. What, my dear lady, disdain, are you yet living? Is it possible disdain should die while she hath such meat food defeated as Signor Benedict? Courtesy itself must convert to disdain if you come in her presence. Then is courtesy a turncoat. But it is certain I am loved of all ladies. Only you accepted. Kristen, I just I just cringe when I hear actors reciting Shakespeare. (laughs) 
uh, I mean, I, I, I call me, call me, call me lowbrow, but uh, you know, if they, if they don't have the, the theatrical, they don't have the British accent and the theatrical training. You know, maybe I'm just we one of these. We make fun of the British accent I all the know, time on I'm, this show. You know, we make fun of that and how that's just shorthand for I'm not American. I know, and I'm, maybe I'm a sucker, and maybe I just kind of buy into that whole, you know, the 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 only only the Brits can do Shakespeare kind of thing. But when I hear modern actors do Shakespeare, it just I, I just I want to shrink into my what? seat. You didn't love Keanu Reeves doing Shakespeare? Yeah. You don't what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking you. about. So, but tell me, I mean, this is kind of an interesting project for yeah, Mr. Avengers, Mr. He, Firefly. Yeah, well, Joss Whedon, I actually interviewed him last week about this, oh. and um, he was great. And I was asking how he did this, why he did it, and he was explaining that uh, while he's in the midst of making the $200 million blockbuster, The Avengers, he's also just kind of being beaten down by this movie. And his wife suggests to him, why don't you work on something smaller and more intimate just to, like let off some steam and make hmm. something that's close to your heart. And so he and his buddies have always done Shakespeare parties at their house. Ah. They just get together, they drink, they party, and they do Shakespeare. And they decide, you know what, let's just film one of our parties and do this. And so they're not exactly filming one of their parties, but he's getting the old gang back together. Some of them are from Firefly, some from Angel, some from Buffy, some from the Avengers even. And there's Clark Gregg, uh, yeah. Agent Coulson, yeah. Yeah, and they're all uh, in his house this huh. is all shot in his house, oh, all, that's in cool. bl- all in black and white. And it just it feels like a low-budget indie version of a Shakespeare play, all in modern dress, and that's fine. Now, and- nothing you've said so far says good <laughs> But am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> the play itself is so adorable. Are you, are you familiar with Much Ado no, About I'm Nothing? No, I'm not. I, I know only a handful of Shakespeare plays. Okay. Well, at the center of this story are Beatrice and Benedict, and they're two lifelong bachelors. She's a bachelor. She's a bachelorette. They're in their late 30s, maybe, maybe around our age. Okay. And they're firmly committed to their independence, and they're a little bit bitter, and they're not necessarily people who are just going to fall flim-flammy for love. They're not those kinds of people. But because the people around them would really like them to fall in love, they plant the idea in each of the other's head that, oh, but you do know that Beatrice has a crush on you, right? Uh, oh, Benedict, you should really chase after her. She likes you. I just heard her saying she likes you. And so it's kind of like a Three's Company episode with better writing, and yeah. they <laughs> okay. they just get together or maybe they don't and then maybe they fall in love and maybe they don't you know I'm, yeah. I don't have to tell you what oh, happens I I don't have, and there's some sex and there's comedy and I think it's just good fun you're not going into this movie expecting highbrow it's not Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet yeah. it's very low budget and it's just jolly fun so, oh that's cool that's so good. I, I would I would recommend it I'd say it's a really good date alright okay I'm glad to hear that yeah so we have a couple of good dates and um then we have a mediocre one. Media, yeah. So yeah. So the the yeah the big release kind of kind of not so good. But the two uh, the two smaller releases uh, have have done well for us. So yeah. maybe I, I I'm, again I'm going to be very curious to see uh, how how the internship does this weekend and whether or not the purge might actually stand a chance. Um, I don't know. Maybe other critics weren't as impressed as I was. Um, should we do some uh, listener mail? Yeah. Let's just do. Let's just do a little bit of listener mail. The first thing I want to point out is. Last week's podcast, we talked a little bit. We asked the question about whether or not listeners think the National Treasure franchise um, are grown-up movies or kid movies. Yeah, I was I was, I was just curious because I feel like they're I feel like they're kitty kitty flicks. And I've always thought they were grown-up movies. They deal with complex issues, with politics, with history. <laughs> politics, Kristen. Okay. 
And at least one of our listeners, I have to say, agrees with me. Rick wrote into our Facebook page, and he said, you asked whether or not we think National Treasure movies are kids' movies or not. I do not. I think that they are action-adventure movies that are not as violent as Fast and Furious or James Bond. That makes them more kid-friendly, but they are grown-up movies. So, yes, thank you, Rick. Yes, hmm. I win, Rafe. Okay, yeah. okay, all I right. I totally win that one. Two against one. <laughs> I also wanted to point out a couple weeks ago on our Facebook page, uh, right around the time that Star Trek came out, I posted this letter, uh, Spock, uh, Spock's letter to a teenage outcast. So there was this magazine back in 1968 called Fave. Like, oh. <laughs> Fave. Yeah, Fave, which is such a 1960s sort of uh, name for a magazine. So... This teenage magazine, people were allowed to write in letters to Leonard Nimoy or write in letters to Spock. And uh, one girl wrote in, which I just, I I have to read this out loud. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, read this. Uh, Dear Mr. Spock, I am not very good at writing letters, so I will make this short. I know that you are half Vulcan and half human, and you have suffered because of this. My mother is Negro and my father is white, and I am told this makes me a half-breed. In some ways, I am persecuted even more than the Negro. The Negro... The Negroes don't like me because I don't look like them. The white kids don't like me because I don't exactly look like one of them either. I guess I'll never have any friends. FC from Los Angeles, California. And Spock writes back this amazing two-page letter that has just tidbits of love and wisdom and just like lines like, not everyone will like me, but there will be those who will accept me just for who I am. This is what I had to learn. Because I am, I, I am half Vulcan and half human. That's so cool. And other lines like, now there's a little voice inside each of us that tells us when we're not being true to ourselves. We should listen to this voice. And then one last one I'm just going to read. When you think of people who are truly great and who have improved the world, you can see that they are people who have realized they didn't need popularity because they knew they had something special to offer the world, no matter how small that offering seemed. So... Anywho, uh, several people liked that post that I put up, and a few people wrote in saying that they thought it probably, or they hoped it did, make a difference in that little teenage girl's life, and I hope so, too. I, don't I hope know, so, too. I don't know who FC is, yeah. but FC in Los Angeles, maybe somewhere out there, she's now the president of her company or doing something really great right now. Hopefully she that. is. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So um, let's end with trivia, shall we? Let's. <laughs> I'll, do, um, I'll do last week's. Okay. Uh, last week, we asked, uh, because we had just seen After Earth with uh, Will and Jaden Smith, father and son, we were asking listeners to name another father and son team in a film, and here was the clip. Moisture is the essence of wetness. And wetness is the essence of beauty. And sure enough, we got the right answer. Hi guys, this is Michelle calling from Brooklyn. The answer is Zoolander, and it is Ben and Jerry Spiller. I'm so excited. I've never known the answer. <laughs> All right, bye. Way to go. Oh, Michelle, great work. We're so glad that you called in. What a thrill to get you to call in for the first time. Thank Go- you so much. That's it. That's a, that when Listeners, when you call in, that's a Google Voice uh, <laughs> uh, phone that we've set up, and it, it occasionally it will transcribe your um, your phone message in hilarious often ways <laughs> and uh, this time it trans it said that you thought it was Ben and Jerry Phillips and so we were Kristen I had to listen and listen and listen and make sure that you were were indeed saying Stiller yes. so we were pretty sure that you were saying Stiller 
Benefit of the doubt there. Well, thank you for calling in. That was to 5717 Movies on our Google Voice box. And you should definitely call 5717 Movies again if you know the answer to this week's trivia question, which is in honor of the internship, which takes place at Google. Google is a central character in the internship. And it's not the first time a company has played a central role in a movie. A real company. A real company, not a fake company. A real company has played a role. So we're... We were talking earlier about another movie, a wonderful movie that uh, has a real company at its center, and we want you to name what that movie is, and the only hint we're going to give you is the movie has 21 mailbags in it. That's our only hint we're giving you. I like it. So if you know the answer, 5717movies. Or you can log on to facebook.com slash podcast. You wake up. Caught your little paw